Warning, the following program contains subject matter not suitable for a younger audience. It contains offensive language and opinions. Stop it, you're acting like a child. Greetings, ghouls. It's time to discuss, disgust, and dissect. Horror. No normal mind can imagine. I'm gonna die here. Aren't you drinking? I never drink. Why? Fucking dead bastard. And now, introducing our hosts, the gruesome twosome, Mike and Jeremy. We are Fetters of the Dead. Yeah, they're dead. They're all messed up. Welcome to Fans of the Dead. I'm Mike. I'm Jeremy. How you doing, bro? Doing good. Today is the end of an era. It was you shaving last... off your beard? No, I might get divorced. <laughs> no, today was my last day at my current job. I love how you're clapping at least six inches from the microphone. Yes. We, uh, we're uh, on a strict regimen of, I have to be closer, you have to be further the fuck away. <laughs> so, so yeah, last day of my old job, starting my new job on Monday. Big, big, big changes. Nice, dude. Congratulations. So I was actually thinking about you earlier today. So I had a couple hours before I had to pick up Little Man from school. Yeah. So I was sitting... In Framingham with nothing to do. So I went to the dispensary and then went to Taco Bell. It was just like old days, you know, like middle of the day, you grab some weed and grab some Taco Bell. So did Mr. Marshall, the truant officer, come up and steal some of your potato wedges or? That wasn't Mr. Marshall. Mr. Marshall was the vice principal. No, he wasn't. Yeah. He was not. vice. No, we had Mr. Badger, dude. Oh, yeah. Who the and fuck then, is Mr. Marshall? Then. He was the truant officer who would go around, like, looking for people like us. Well, he found us. Yes, he did. And then he sat down, ate some tacos, and brought us back to class. Yeah. <laughs> so, anyway. I had a great way to segue that into this movie, but you fucked it up. But that's okay, because <laughs> this, <laughs> this episode, we're doing 1980s Maniac. I believe it was actually 1981, wasn't it? I don't know. The 80s just were kind of a blur. Yeah, we weren't even, what was it? I was going to say we weren't born yet, but uh, we were born right when this movie came out. No, I'm pretty sure this was 1980, bro. I thought it was released in 81, but whatever. Maniac, 1980. Budget, $350,000. Damn. Yo, so this says release date March 6th, 1981. Yet at the top of the page, it says 1980. Okay, so the Cannes, the Cannes Film Festival, it premiered May 10th, 1980. So depending on where you saw this film, it was early 80s, and people were angry. Yeah, I, I could probably see that. This was disturbing. Pretty disturbing movie. Actually, uh, Gene Siskel walked out of this movie. Well, I mean, that doesn't actually surprise me because, I mean, he's not really a horror fan anyway. I know, but you're a critic. Watch the fucking movie. How are you going to critique it if you haven't seen the whole thing? Like, for all he knew, he walked out because he was too pussy, and then the movie redeems itself. Like, you didn't know that. Yeah. Maybe Frank yeah. Zito learned his lesson. Did he? We'll find out in today's episode. Alright, so for this recipe. This is a recipe for disaster. Do you have any idea? I've got a food and I've got a drink. Uh I have an idea for the drink. I dude, I I watched the movie twice and I kept trying to figure out what you were gonna do for a food. I, I couldn't get it. Alright, we're going with Zito chips. So you get a foil turkey. They come frozen and it's basically a boneless turkey breast. You know, you get it's two halves, 
held together by the turkey skin, which has been defatted. Prepare it however the fuck you want. 300 degrees, slow cook it, keep checking on it. When it's done, very carefully slice the skin off with an exacto knife and then throw the turkey breasts away. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> that, that's that's wasteful. Feed your friends. Make deli meat out of it. I don't care. But we want the skin. Now that it's a nice golden brown, we're going to chop it up into pieces and deep fry it. Healthy? Not at all. Delicious? Oh, my God. So good. Well, I was wondering if it was going to be that or you were just doing, like, a box of Cracker Jacks. <laughs> that's too easy. And besides, the prizes now in Cracker Jacks suck. Yeah, true. What do you think See, I'm doing for I, the drink? So if I had to guess, but I, I, I'm guessing I'm wrong. Oh, yeah. Be, because, you know, I would just go simple because I saw that empty bottle of Crown whatever scotch like on the table. So I would just probably drink that. That's a good, that's a good uh, assumption. But no, we're going with mummy's milk. That's okay. <laughs> See, I had to go disturbing with this one. So now because we're, we were recording and you know how much I hate ice clinking in a glass in the background. Normally you would take your glass and fill it with ice, pour the rest of this drink over. But we're starting with the shot of vodka. I'm going Grey Goose, whatever your poison. And then we're going to go with a shot of Kahlua. a strong drink mommy's a strong woman and then i got a little bit of baileys i want that little coffee liqueur in there actually the clue is the coffee liqueur i, I got myself ass backwards but that's okay because so does frank zito okay so look at that it's a half a glass already just booze now this is the most important ingredient two ounces of fresh breast milk. Now this definitely sweetens it up. Mm. Oh yeah. It's actually really good. Drop of grenadine or a fresh maraschino cherry to basically turn your white Russian into a red Russian. And mm. you have mummy's milk. I'm going to go with the uh, crown sterling. <laughs> you know, like breast milk? It's great right from the tap, let me tell you. Okay. <laughs> don't don't act like you didn't try it. <laughs> don't make me me seem like the weird guy. Weirder guy. Weirder. Weirder. All right, let's get right into it. Oh boy, that took a turn. I warned you not to go out tonight. Frank Zito. A career performance by co-writer, co-executive producer Joe Spinell of Rocky and the Godfather <clears throat> fame. Also great in Taxi Driver. He is a deeply disturbed man haunted by the traumas of unspeakable childhood abuse. And when these horrific memories begin to scream inside his mind, Frank prowls the seedy streets of New York City to stalk and slaughter innocent young women. Now, Frank has begun a relationship with the beautiful photographer, Caroline Monroe, of the spy who loved me. Yet his vile compulsions remain. These are the atrocities of a human monster. This is the story of a maniac. Directed by William Lustig, Maniac Cop, Vigilante, and featuring landmark gore effects by Tom Savini. Dawn of the Dead, Friday the 13th. This notorious classic was censored all over the world for its graphic violence. But Maniac is more than just one of the most relentlessly depraved films of our time. It is quite possibly one of the most disturbing horror movies ever made. It's a bold statement, but but fuck yeah. It's, it's, uh... I was about to say, I'll, I'll agree with that. And, you know, it's funny because they didn't have necessarily... Um the correct permits for certain things. They didn't have any so, permits, dude. At all. Like the, the shotgun through the like the window scene, they had to like do that and then run away. Yeah. They they hid that car in a uh, storage unit 
for like a week and then they had to take it out to shoot the the reaction shots yeah and it stunk of like whatever the fuck they used like pureed shrimp and marinara and just sitting in a hot storage unit yeah. and was it most of most of the the, the victims cuz they wanted to keep costs down were like porn stars yeah apparently they're cheap and you easy. Know, I think you, you yeah. Hey-o. Hey-o. All right. Maniac, 1980 or 81. I guess it depends, whichever you prefer. Spoilers ahead. It's a so movie. It opens, it's a movie. So it opens up. You're at the beach. And there's some like long haired, heavy breathing guy. He's looking through, you know, one of those like sightseeing like viewfinder. Yeah, yeah. You put like a quarter in and you you get to use the binoculars and peep at chicks on the beach. Yeah, yeah, basically. And and that's exactly what he's doing. So right Right. away we get the point of view of Mr. Creepo. Yeah. So there's a couple laying on the beach and, you know, the the, the girlfriend's cold. So the boyfriend gets up to go collect firewood. Yeah, she needs more wood. Because there's, you know firewood on the beach he found a lot of it he, yeah i yeah. wouldn't think that there would be it's driftwood but, bro okay well whatever so she's like laying down and you know the the guy guy comes over starts like rubbing her back though he's wearing you see he's wearing gloves he's stroking her and and all that stuff and then he takes a I don't know if it was like a straight razor or if it was a switchblade, but just like slits her throat. Yep. And the boyfriend comes back to his girlfriend just laying there and then he proceeds to get like Garrett wired. Yeah, this was like the more traditional slasher uh, part of the movie where the rest of the movie kind of gives us the reversal because we're basically hanging out with the killer. We know who the killer is from this point on. Right. Right, so, although I'm not quite sure, I mean, this dude's got to be pretty strong because he was lifting lifting the guy like up off the ground, like just basically like by his neck. Yeah, so it it's almost like American Psycho in the the era of how much exactly is really going on, how much is in his head, because I feel like this scene in particular was definitely a memory and it was exaggerated, but it really did happen. Mm-hmm. At least in his mind, because later on you see him with the newspaper and it's it made a headline. Right. Um, I thought it was a pretty cool kill. So he's got like this black ski mask on. Yeah. And as he's screaming, it cuts to him waking up out of his bed and screaming and sweating. So and that's that's the point where like you kind of think maybe it's a dream. Right. And sweating will be a deep theme in this movie. Yeah. Now there's a mannequin body like laying in bed next to him with like blood on her face. And that's where like the credits start to roll. Now in his room, you see he's got mannequins everywhere. Um, He goes into, I don't know if it's, yeah, like the bathroom. He's looking in the mirror. You can see like kind of scars on his chest. Yeah. Very scarred boobies. Yeah. So it looks like he's been abused. Like, there's dolls on, like, shelves, and there was a picture, you know, I was guessing that it was his mother. Right, with, like, he candles. A little shrine to mummy. Yeah, and there's, like, candles all around it. Um, pictures of women, like, everywhere. And he's getting dressed for the day. Ski mask, gloves, like, all. He's grabbing all that stuff. Yo, and he ties and, his shoes like he's trying to strangle his feet. Yeah. He's like, God damn. <laughs> One thing, like, that I was kind of curious about, so, like, right next to the door is, like, that board with all the keys on the hooks. Yeah, so I I read, that's, like, the only clue in the movie as to his profession. The landlord. Oh, that makes sense. Okay. Yeah, remember, like, there's a scene later where, like, hi, Mr. Zeno, are you going Christmas shopping? Yeah. I thought maybe just because he was a friendly person. I mean, was he asked by Kermit the Frog? <laughs> that's that's the person in the alley. I don't think he sounded like that, but okay. I think, but yeah, I so think that, it was a woman, too, to tell you the truth. 
Yeah, because right under there, I think there was also like written, I don't know if it was like written in chalk, like apartment numbers. Yeah. Yeah, so that, yeah, that, so that makes sense. So it it switches to, well, I think that was like Times Square, somewhere near Times Square. And we have two hookers and our friend kind of crosses their path. And one of them offers the ultimate for $100. The ultimate, you say? And they head up to the hotel, and apparently it's $25 for her favorite room. Right. Now, can we can we just rewind one second? So it's $25 for regular, $50 for French and regular, $75 around the world. All right. So $25 for regular, $50 for French and regular, $75 around the world. And the ultimate is $100. What is... Well, first of all, what the hell is all of that shit? But what is the ultimate? I don't know. But I figured, like, I don't know. Around the world seems pretty <laughs> ultimate. Like, I don't know. Like, that sounds pretty good. Regular and French in regular, does that mean there's kissing involved? Yeah, I don't know. I mean, you're going to have to pull out, like, a brochure with descriptions right? or something. She's just, like, assuming everyone knows. Like, I mean, this movie already got a hard R. Yeah. Like, they can't just be like, all right, blowjobs this, my pussy's that. <laughs> like, if you want to fuck me in the ass, that's that's ultimately a hundred dollars, you know? Uh, isn't that like the that isn't that like the Greek or some shit like that? I don't know. Okay. Either way, so she goes in into the you know, into the hotel. And the guy's like, you got to stay for the continental breakfast? I don't I, think they're going to stay. I don't think they have a continental breakfast. <laughs> uh, I, I mean, was that consist of like one guy going to Dunkin' Donuts? Like, so here you go. Here's, here's, your, here's your regular old-fashioned yeah, donut. Yeah, for a lot of places, that's that's more than continental breakfast. Usually it's like toast and butter packets. Oh, you might get like those like uh, the travel things of like Fruit Loops. K-cup of coffee? Yeah, maybe. So anyway, so they they make it up to uh, their room, and he asks if she's ever modeled, and she, you know, he's like, "Oh, I want you to model for me." And so she's doing this really awkward, right? Modeling. Yeah, like arm poses and whatnot, like like in <laughs> It was just yeah, it was weird, weird stuff, and. He he wants her to keep her clothes on, and he's still holding like extra money, like in his hands, because she's like, you know, cost more money for more time. Like, let's get this going. He's like, I got money, and she goes to like take the money, pulls his hand away, and they're like making out. He gives her a spank. She mentioned she asks him if uh, he likes that, and he says no, and then she says that she does. And then a flip switch, uh, a switch flips. You bitch! And he's just like choking her. He's like, oh, this camera shot of him like directly in your face, like sweating with his like. (sighs) Yeah. (sighs) And then every so often, you know, the like the the hooker's face changes to his mother's face, and it like just chokes her to death. I would like to call this the GTA moment. Yeah, you know, GTA you you go moment. pay the hooker, and then you kill her and get your money back. Yeah, they, they took no that out way. of the games. Yeah, I think the last one you could do that in was no, Vice City. you could do it in the last ones. Yeah, you just couldn't get all could your you? money back for some reason. You give her $100, and for some reason she only has $75 cash. <laughs> okay, I stand corrected then. Uh, so he, he like goes into the bathroom, he's like vomiting, and he's like, whimpering he's just like he's like mommy he definitely has some mommy issues here i think freud would have a field day with frank zito i'm gonna cancel the rest of my (laughs) day uh frank we're gonna be here a while he um pulls out he pulls out the blade and he scalps her very good scalping i mean done what done well very neat artistically speaking uh so he's he's walking. See now, at first, at first glance, I'm thinking, I'm like, did, did he just like put the body like in like a few trash bags, and he's like carrying the body home? But I'm like, nah, the thing would be like limp over his like shoulder. No, new mannequin, like, upright. New mannequin, yes. 
And uh, that's when the neighbor... He's dead for Christmas, Mr. Zeno! Every time I do the voice, it's going to be a completely <laughs> different, different person. Now, I didn't realize this was a Christmas movie. Apparently, it's yeah. set at Christmas. I guess I'll know that. For, <laughs> I'll have to remember that for We'll, uh, we'll have December. to watch this on, on uh, Christmas Eve. <laughs> Uh, he goes up to the apartment and moves one of the mannequins against the wall. He's just like, you're going to like it here. Out with the old, in with the new. And he's like thinking to him. uh, Was he like thinking to himself or talking to himself? Because I didn't, I think his lips were moving. It was an inner monologue. But, yeah, and he's like, I told you not to go out. This always happens when you go out. They all know. I've heard them. And he dresses up the 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 mannequin as like the hooker and then pins her scalped hair like on it and that's like the first time i'm going oh this is way more fucked up than i thought it was <laughs> yeah i love be. how he hammers the thumbtacks to the mannequin's head I like i know getting into a mannequin's head is probably <laughs> tough but i mean why not nails yeah so and yeah, he put he like almost like nail like you said like nails the thing in, but it's like a thumbtack. Picks up the newspaper and the headline says "Maniac mutilates couples on the beach," and then he keeps whimpering. <laughs> now he's putting in a rifle in a guitar case while mm-hmm. eating cracker jacks, and there's a bottle. I think it was empty, a bottle of Crown Sterling Scotch, which I looked up and it is real. Nice. It's a real thing. Uh, he has a Star Wars cup, like on the table, and a doll in a birdcage. Which he tries to feed Cracker Jacks. Dolly, want a cracker? Yes. Um, off he goes. And, on, and just like on the door, there's like a mold of yeah. like a face. He has some weird art. Uh, if that's what you call how he's decorated his apartment. <laughs> I take it he doesn't have company. He does. There's like five mannequins in that room. Okay. Human company. They have names, I'm sure. Yeah, true. But, but yeah, that thing on the door, like the mouth was like wide open. So I wonder if he like, I don't know, like suffocated like somebody and like they're like, or did like a plaster freaking mold. Yeah, this movie makes me feel like, all right, so obviously the movie takes place over just a few days. So he, he snaps at some point and goes on this killing spree. Was he kill- I mean, obviously he'd killed before because he moved one mannequin out of the bed. I'm guessing that's the girl from the beach. Were there murders before that? Uh, there had to have been. That's my that's my guess. He anyway. seems too prepared for there not to be. Yeah. So he's driving by a club that has this valet parking, and there's a couple waiting for their car, and the guy in the couple is Tom Savini, who is credited as Disco Boy. And his, you can't call her his girlfriend because he's not her boyfriend because they have a whole dialogue about it. She's credited as Disco Girl. Whoa. I mean, you know, you gotta. Guess where they were hanging out? A disco. Whoa. The discotheque. Le discotheque. Oh, man. Disco's dead. Yeah. So Frank follows their cars. They take off and they park near this near the river. And, you know, that's where yeah, they do the whole dialogue. She has another she has a boyfriend and Frank pulls in as he's pulling in. You know, he kills the lights and Savini pulls like one of those smooth lines and he goes, want to meet me someplace? Sure. Yeah. Where? The back seat. <laughs> giggity, giggity. Um, he did the eyebrow thing though too though. Yeah. Yeah, that's that that's the best part of the whole line. He's like the backseat. <laughs> eyebrow, eyebrow. And so here here comes Frank while they're making out in the back, and he's just like looking through the window. Fat, 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 fat. So she finally like notices and she like f- like freaks out. She wants to leave, and but like he turns around and like he's not there. So like he like like jumped down or whatever. And so like they go to leave. Well, you for, you forgot what she gave Disco Boy, a set of blue balls. I oh. And so they're going to leave. Frank's in the way, and then he 
jumps on the hood and this was fucking awesome he jumps on the hood and just blows his goddamn head off one of the best kills of all time i wish i had seen that because i would have added this to my list well it was on mine so it's okay but yeah touche tom savini got to blast his own head off with the shotgun yeah so his you know his that the chick is covered like all like his blood and all that stuff and he pulls the gun and this was a scene we were talking about earlier where you know sticking the gun in the window blows her head off too or or just shoots her you don't really see you don't need to you've seen enough yeah um now they're back at the apartment watching he's watching the news on his crimes now like this is this is like the thing where you know i told you i've read this stuff in like fbi profiler books because there's one i have like that show that was on netflix mindhunter yeah i've read the the guy who did that show is based off of like i've read that book and like there's so many people that he's profiled that's just like this that watches like the news on his crimes or the newspapers and like stuff like that i mean any good criminal would probably want to keep updated on what the police or in public may or may not know but i think he just kind of gets off on it yeah no i agree because yeah i know that joe spinell and lustig they did a lot of research into like real serial killers to kind of make their own profile right kind of like a murder medley (laughs) so he's watching he's watching the news and he turns it off and he starts talking to the dummy in his bed who's handcuffed just saying and he's got like a hood on her head or you know whatever like head covering and then he's crying and saying he's so happy he just he whimpers a lot can't laugh can't dance anymore you're mine now forever now the next morning like kids are on the swings and i thought it it was central park i think and like the mothers are talking and her daughter like, tells her daughter not to swing so high. And to be fair, they weren't swinging high. To be fair, I get wicked nervous when the kids go like, see how high I can go. Like, oh my God, no, like, I, I do too. Bones. No, I do that too, but it didn't look like they were swinging high like at all. No. But anyway, some of the kids are like, oh, you want to go ride your bikes? Like, like, no, they said we can't leave the park. Like, ah, fuck it. Let's go. <laughs> Fucking kids. They go right by the parents. And they don't even, like, notice. Nope. I'm sorry. I know, like, every move my kid makes. Especially if they go, like, right by me. You mean the one that's hanging on the ceiling right behind you? Oh. Yeah, Damn yeah. It. so this this freaked me out because I was like, oh, God, what's going to happen when, when the girl, like, almost hits him? Careful, little girl. Yeah. And this, so there's, like, a lady off in the distance who's wearing, like, leopard uh, print is taking pictures and catches him on camera. Oh, dude. I don't know if like the if she, like she's like oh shit like he caught me or whatever. So she starts walking away but left a bag. I think she was just taking more pictures. She wasn't talking. okay. And so he goes he goes to the tree and you know pretends to tie his shoes and you know sees the aunt the the address on the bag and it's Anna D'Antoni. So I want to point out that my note. Just so you can see, literally says Jeremy breathing. <laughs> Fair. Uh, yeah. So yeah, Anna D'Antoni. Yeah, Caroline Monroe, the spy who loves me, and she was also in the original Casino Royale. Yeah, the one way way back. She was also in Slaughter High, one of was our she in favorites. Slaughter High? Yes, sir. Nice. Awesome. Uh, so now he's like window peeking at like the mannequins on display and now he's just kind of like moaning like lusting after all you know his i mean mean, it's basically like a strip club for him oh if he could only have lived long enough to oh sorry spoiler (laughs) live long enough to see the sex dolls that they have now mannequins are a thing of the past (laughs) now they have holes In squishy parts. <laughs> in squishy parts. <laughs> I think like in a few years they'll probably have conversations with you. 
uh, it's probably. They had that robot on uh, that talk show. I mean, she seems slow, but for a <laughs> robot, that's pretty cool. Can you imagine? Like, of course, I don't mind if you stick it in my butt again. <laughs> I'm a robot. I have no feelings. Why don't you take out my vagina, put it in the microwave for a few seconds so at least it's not cold. <laughs> I'm so sorry, everybody. <laughs> I just can't imagine. Like, mannequins. It's gotta hurt. This guy's in love with a mannequin and not like the mannequin from the movie Mannequin. No. So, anyway. So, we're we're at the Roosevelt Hotel now. There's two two nurses outside. They're you know they're leaving their shift and they're they're talking. They're not a hotel. The, they're you know, at a hospital. That's what I said. The Roosevelt Hospital, didn't they? I think it's a hotel. Uh, I wrote down hospital, but maybe I said hotel. Hotel, um, motel, Holiday Inn. Hotel, motel, or oh, the Notel Motel. Yeah, there you go. So anyway, you know they're talking about like the news. And, you know, the stuff that's going on. And one nurse gets in her boyfriend's car and, like, leaves the other chick at the curb. And she's looking at the newspaper headline and what? Oh, she, uh, her friend offered her a ride. And she's like, you know, that kook is running around. No, I'm okay. Famous last words. Yeah. So Frank pops out and she kind of happens to notice him, but walks away. And now she's, like, nervously walking down this like sketchy like street and now she's like oh fuck like now he's following me she had some of the subway uh one of those cliches where you know she's trying to get through the gate she's dropping her shit like her change like everywhere this whole sequence lasted a really long time yeah yeah it really did i mean this movie is very short it's only like an hour and a half and a lot is happening during that that time but i feel like this sequence it was very drawn out. I mean, masterfully drawn out. Yeah. It's, it builds suspense. Right. So, you know, she's she gets through the turnstile. Like, the train's waiting. Like, it's 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 not moving. And she can't get the door open. Banging on the door, trying to pry it open. And the train just takes off. And Frank comes down the stairs. She bolts and ends up, like, in a bathroom. Which, I don't... I mean, granted, I've never been in this situation, but I feel like going in a room where there's no other, like, exit, I don't know. Well, when you're in this situation, I believe she was just trying to get away from that right there. And she just went in another room. Right. And now she's stuck. Right. It's like one death over another. You try to just live a little bit longer. True. So he can't get through the turnstile, but then he checks the men's room and, you know, she's in one of those stalls. She's like freaking out, trying to be as quiet as she can be while being really loud. Yep. Like her, her, um, like her breathing is just really, really loud. And like if she was too close to a microphone breathing. (laughs) Yeah, probably. Beat a dead horse over here. That's fine. So... You know, Frank walks away. She peeks her head out and like tries to leave. She's breathing like this sigh of relief, and she's like, again, really loudly. And you know, she's like laughing. She's looking in the mirror. She's washing her face, and then like she comes back up, and you know, there he is behind her, and like stabs her with a bayonet. Gotcha. Dagger it. He's like, oh, you like that? You know, and he rinses it off. Just you know, gotta gotta clean your stuff. Right. And at his, he's back at his apartment where he adds the nurse to his collection. Just a little blood. Just a little blood. Now we go, we see Anna D'Antoni is, you know, developing her pictures in a dark room. And the doorbell rings. She comes downstairs, which you have these like really kind of cool spiral stairs. She has an amazing apartment. Yeah. Like she must be a rich, rich photographer because that place is huge. Yeah. And you know, and it's it's Frank, and this is a completely different Frank that we're that we've seen so far. Like he's very casual, you know, maybe even a little bit charming. I would say he's charismatic. 
yeah. You know, he asks if he can take a look at because he's like, oh, you took my picture. He's like, oh, do you mind if I take a look? And she's like, yeah, yeah, sure. And doesn't question how the fuck she that he found her. Yeah, no, that's not it. Not you know, doesn't come up at all. Their whole relationship is very strange, way out of his league. He he asks why she's taking like these pictures of like the women the way she does, and he gets all philosophical about you know how women should look and and all that stuff. You know, this is a very good scene. Mm. Like he's he's oh, do you sell these pictures? And she goes, of course. I mean, I, it's my job. I, it's not all for art's sake. And he goes, oh. I'd keep them forever. She's like, well, they're not like the women aren't possessions. You can't own them like that. And it's just their back and forth was good. I really, I really enjoyed it. Yeah, no, I did too. Like I said, he come off came came off very charming, and he even lands a date with the chick. Yeah, in, in kind of a a cool sly way. Yeah, and he brings her to Clam Casino. But he says he's a painter, and, mm. and just I, I don't know. It's yeah. it's a it's a very strange foundation for their relationship. Yeah, and you know their conversation gets kind of weird because you know they're at dinner and he's like says she's the most beautiful woman he's seen since his mother. Very strange, but but you know like all right. So here's the thing with the Italians: we love our mommies. And Italian mothers are, uh, they're a little insane with their sons, I, I would say. Not like his mother and him. Like, that's right. that's insane, insane. But it's, uh, yeah, it's, it's a legit thing. So she asked if he has a picture. Of course, he's got a little photograph right in his little pocket there. And shows it. Yeah, and, you know, he explains that she died in a car accident, you know, when she was a kid. And when he was a kid, right? Not not her, right? Well, I meant I know what you like meant when, when he was. You, you know what I meant, all right? So, you know, he like this is where like she tells him her name. I feel like that would have been done maybe before you know he asked her out on a date, but you know, maybe maybe the car ride over to the restaurant. But to be fair, she didn't ask how he got her address. That's true. They have a lot to talk about. Yeah, so there's like some event that's like going up and she asks if he wants to attend. And it changes over to like this photo shoot of three models. And Frank shows up. He he actually, she actually invited him uh, to this and mentioned that she had to leave earlier. He's like, oh, so does that mean the end of the date? And he kind of gets a little bit terse with her hmm. true so yeah there, there's these three three models she's doing the photo shoot it's all like sexy sensual uh shoot and then this other guy stops the whole shoot for everything like it's like oh it's all wrong like you got to change your outfit this sucks that sucks you know totally shut down the music don armando's second ave rumba band we're playing going to show so Frank has a present for Anna and it's a stuffed animal. Which she says is cute and I think is mm. fucking weird. Mm. Very weird. And he gets introduced to the lady and he goes and sits in his chair while groaning. And he sees a necklace like on the side table, he takes it and leaves. And so one of the models comes home from you know, the house, because actually they, was it Anna told the, the the chick to take the necklace off because, like, I don't know, it didn't there, work there, or something like that. There was a uh, glare, glare from the necklace, oh, okay, and it was yeah, ruin, yeah. ruining the shots. Right. Well, it's my mother's, blah, 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 blah. Right. And Frank overhears this. And But when he picks up the necklace, there's a cool, like, additional uh, music from the score overlapping over the, the song, which was, yeah. was pretty cool. So that model, she she goes home, she enters the house, Rita. she's checking her, what's that? Her name's Rita. Oh, Rita, that's right. Uh, she starts the tub, she's going to take a bath, and the doorbell rings. Now, how did he, like, did I miss something to where he knows where she lives? He followed her home. Did, he, did you miss that part? 
It, it, I must it, have. I love how they did this because so when she, she uh, is walking was up, it quick? up to her apartment. Yeah, it was, it was a pretty quick walk. But when, might have been when she goes into down. the apartment, the door stays open and it's very slowly closing. And like you're thinking he's just going to go up and, and grab the door, but it, it closes all the way. And then there's a couple more shots like that. Like when she first walks in the apartment, you see her closets open a little bit and you can yeah, see the dark noticed- and you're like, oh, my God, is he just going to jump out? But he doesn't. Yeah, no, I did. I did notice that. The movie's great at making you feel uncomfortable. Mm, very true. And so, you know, it's here. It's, it's it's Frank again. He says he's at his friend. And he's bringing the necklace back. And when like he's like talking to her, he you know fiddles. He does something with like the deadbolt. Or they called I, stop. I, he... Stop works. It's it's an old old lock thing. So. Um... The button basically will lock the outside doorknob, yeah. but you can push it so that the outside doorknob will still turn. Not that it mattered, because when she shut the door behind him, she didn't lock it. She didn't turn the deadbolt. Yeah, no, she just... So he didn't even need to do his, his shady shit with the lock. Yeah, no, he didn't. And so she hops in the bath. He's in the house, and he, like, you know, creeping in... And she leaves the bathroom, heads to the kitchen, makes some tea. Frank jumps out. This time, you know, he's got his mask on, takes her down. Now, he didn't kill her right away. He ties her up and he's still like talking to himself. And, you know, he only wants to talk to her. I don't want to hurt you. And, but he's talking to her as if she's his mother. And Why do you do these things? Like, yeah, he actually thinks that maybe his mother had died and then she transferred bodies. He's like, I found you. Oh, you look different now, but I found you. We can be together yeah. again. And it's like, dude, this dude's fucking bonkers. Yeah. Uh, it's like, you were wrong to try and hurt me. You left me alone lots of times. You know, why did you need all those other men? So they didn't many love you. men. So <laughs> many men. Did you know I was hiding in your closet the whole time? Oh, that's embarrassing. Yeah. So he takes out a switchblade and, you know, he's pointing it like at her, like into her like chest or whatever. And he's like, I'm just going to keep you. You're never going to go away again. And then, you know, stabs her and he's like, oh, mommy. Oh, mommy. And he's whimpering and all that stuff. And scalps her. We have a new addition to the collection. Yeah. So now he was just hugging her and rocking back and forth right he wasn't like humping her because for a second i was like oh my god is he humping her but like i think he was just like reverted back to childhood and he's and he's rocking back and forth on top of her dead body yeah um so well one thing i did want to try out so this always gets me when they're gagged and it's just like that like the gag across the mouth and it keeps them quiet. So I wanted to try this out because I think that's bullshit. <laughs> so, hey, oh yeah, oh yeah, you can totally hear me. <laughs> it, 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 it doesn't work at all. <laughs> yeah, okay. <laughs> I'm not crazy. No, not at all. <laughs> so we're back at obviously his place, and or no, he was sitting in the. Was he still sitting in the chair in her in her apartment where he's like, when mommy tells you to hide in the closet, you do what mommy tells you. No, now he's back. Um, he, oh, he's he, back. he has oh, her scalp he and, he, and he puts it on. Yeah. Yeah. And he takes the cigarette and he puts it out in the dummy. So now you mannequin. realize that he's got multiple personalities. Yes. So he's himself as a child. He's himself as an adult. And now we realize he's also his mother because he burns the little kid mannequin with the cigarette. And we realize that's where his scarring right. is from. Right. So he's sitting in the chair with his, you know, his hat and his toy gun that he, you know, keeps like shooting. And he's got like this, you know, Christmas music box that's playing Silent Night. Um, and he, he pulls out a BB gun and like out of the box and just starts shooting like. The, the picture on the wall picture of some random model yeah um so at a payphone frank calls anna and asks for another date to take in a show 
And of course, she's like, yay, that sounds amazing. Hey, I'll pick you up in 15 minutes. I'll be ready in 10. Yeah. I was like, what? No, is she blind? No yeah. No woman yeah. is ready in 10 minutes. So, he, you know, he picks her up at, at her apartment. She gives him a peck on the cheek. Uh-uh. What? He just honks and she? she like runs out. Right. Yeah. He still picked her up. I know. I'm just saying like, what the fuck, man? This guy's getting game. Oh, I thought you were telling me I was wrong. No. Oh. My bad. I was like, well, it sounded like you were like, uh-uh. No. Honk, honk. Oh, okay. So yeah, she gives him a kiss on the cheek. What was that for? So he's, he's like, oh, do you mind if we go to the cemetery? We're going to visit my mother. You know, I always put a wreath there, like, at Christmas time. Like, okay. Like, that's fine. It's very sweet. And all of a sudden, it's nighttime. Yeah, nighttime, and it's foggy, and you can't see anything. And they find the cemetery, and he says all of his, like, Hail Marys, and he starts to, like, whimper. Yeah, he says Hail Mary a bunch of times until he's crying. Yeah, and so, like you see, like, his head hurts, and, like, he's whimpering again. and And she basically says... Man up, you fucking bitch. Your mom died a long time ago. And he's like, he's like, read anew, like, read anew. And now she's mine forever. And all of a sudden starts like choking Anna. And she like, she gets away from him and starts, you know, running away. And he's chasing her. You know, Anna like sneaks up on him. And was it like an axe or a shovel? It was a shovel. That's what I, th- I thought it was a shovel. But it looked like a like- sharp shovel. No, no shit and like he starts like crying for his mother because eh, it probably hurts and now there's like a little boy voice in his head and it's like and it's his mother like punishing him like locking him in the closet it's mommy had to pum- punish you you've been a bad boy again yeah uh, so like and like he's hallucinating like his mother comes up through like the ground and like starts choking him yeah, so he he's like still whimpering. He says he'll be a good boy, and it seems like he's getting like parry. He's like looking at the mannequins, like they're like looking at him, and he's getting like paranoid. And they all start to move. Now this was really fucking cool. Yeah, like they're they're all like grabbing like weapons. They're coming after him. They're like stabbing him. They chop off his arm, and then they just twist his like keep twisting until his like head fucking comes off. That was fucking awesome. It it was. Now, like, it's early morning, and then, like, the police are rushing somewhere. Now, there's a dude, like, roller skating on the side of the street. And, the like, of course, like, the cops, like, barreling down the road. He, that dude does not give a shit. He just doesn't move at all. <laughs> you know, get out of the way. To be fair, just they're say, not dressed like cops. They're just dressed like a couple of assholes. They were in a car with sirens. I know. Just saying. This is New York City. <laughs> they go into his, they they break into his apartment and they see that he stabbed himself with like the bayonet. Dude, and the mannequin with... stabbed him. Right. <laughs> of course he did. She did. They did. They did. And so it's like this close up on his face and then like his eyes open. Well, first like the cops leave. And, like, his eyes open, and then the movie ends. Now, you tell me what I should do. I heard about it. I always do. I can't go out for a minute. It's impossible. Fancy girls in their fancy dresses, lipstick laughing and dancing. Should you stop them? I can't stop them. But you do, don't you? And they can't laugh and they can't dance anymore. You've got to stop or to take you away from me. I will never, ever let them take you away from me. You're mine now, forever. And I'm so happy. <laughs> this movie was something else, dude. Uh, it was, I'm telling you, like, like I, I texted you, I'm like, this movie's fucking disturbing. This movie did a great job of making you feel uncomfortable, making you think things were going to happen that weren't going to happen. And then things happened that you never expected to happen. So obviously 
you could say Frank is a little unhinged. And obviously it's snowballing at this point and getting worse and worse until I'm guessing he realizes that Rita's going to go to the police and he's busted. And that's why when he gets back to his apartment at the end, and he has a vision of his mother with the open arms. So basically yeah. he realizes he's coming home. So he's going to kill himself, but he's got like this overwhelming guilt. And I think that's where the mannequins come alive. So it's like they're doing right. it to him because he's so many different personalities at this point. Yeah. So did you know that the the headless corpse at the end of the movie is actually Betsy Palmer's corpse from Friday the 13th? I did read that. There was a lot of recycling um, from Dawn of the Dead. That's where Disco Boy's body came yeah. from. He, he uh, reused that. I mean, the budget was basically pieced together from the director, the writer, and Joe Spinell himself. And then they got like a little bit extra funding, but basically, yeah, because yeah. it was originally like only like forty eight thousand dollars. Yeah, I mean they managed to get three hundred thousand extra, but like still like a drop in the bucket of a a movie today, which is baffling. Shit, I feel like I could do a lot with three hundred fifty thousand dollars. Yeah, I get, they're also worried it was going to get like an X rating too. Yeah, like Tom Savini thought he might have gone a little bit too far with the special effects, but I like, thought really? the special effects were awesome. I did too, but I mean, at the time, a lot of people were mad. Like I said, Gene Siskel walked out at the the famous Disco Boy, you know, headshot. Uh, I feel like he missed out on a great movie. I very much agree. Like, can you walk out in the middle of your job? I mean, I could. <laughs> exactly, but like, you know what I mean? Like, come on, watch the fucking movie. No, I agree. So you're a critic. You have to watch it. What'd you think? I really enjoyed it. I mean, it was like I said, it was it, like it was disturbing. It made you feel uncomfortable, but I I thought it was a really good movie. Um, I wouldn't put this in a category as like your typical slasher. No, because I mean, you're following around the killer the whole time. And it, right, it, but also like in slashers. Like your typical slasher, like it's it's mindless, you know. It's just like this dude's just doing this for no whatever like reason. Like there was like an actual like a lot of psychology behind it. Yeah, it's definitely I would call it a psychological slasher almost, almost. Right. No, I agree. So so I'm gonna say I'm gonna give it three brains. Wow. Drum roll, please. Three brains. <laughs> we agree on a movie. Now, does that, does that count as a double? This isn't one of those movies I would just watch a lot for fun. Like, it's no. not like a rock and roll, like, yeah, like, mindless popcorn movie. Like, it's heavy. So, yeah, three brains. Awesome. Any feedback? So, uh, another another one of those, hey, what do you guys think? And I get just a bunch of likes. Although, the uh, our buddy, the, the real little Riz, who was in our group at Camp Crystal Lake. Oh, cool. Said he had never heard of it, but I know what I'm watching tonight. Nice. So, I'm glad we inspired you to watch a movie that is awesome. Awesome and disturbing. Glad we could disturb your Friday evening. Yes. Yeah, so also got a lot of likes on this one. So there's a lot of love for Maniac, or at least the cover, because I posted the poster. It's a great cover. It is a great cover. It's basically straightforward. You got a guy holding a knife, there's blood everywhere, and he's holding a scalp. Yes. The only thing that the cover doesn't picture... (sighs) Taco Bob (laughs) says... Creepy, fucked up movie. Loved it. Exclamation, exclamation, exclamation. Rock and roll. Stephen Milan. An absolutely grisly and unsettling classic. Yeah, I mean, that's that's exactly what it is. It's, it's a great movie. It's fucked up. A lot of great kills. Yeah, so now I'm actually I'm, I'm actually interested in seeing the remake. The 2000, was it 2012? Uh, with Elijah Wood? Yeah. I heard it's... Uh, all done from his point of view. So it's definitely a different take on it. Uh, mm. I, I don't know anything more than that. I know they were 
trying to do a sequel. They did a short, which I'd like to also check out with um, Joe Spinell, which they were trying to use to get funding for a sequel. That never ended up happening because, unfortunately, he died in 1989. He slipped in his shower, and I guess he was a hemophiliac, so he ended up bleeding out. Oh, that's too bad. Yeah, definitely sad story. Great actor. A lot of mm. great, like, mob henchmen, you know, typical yeah. bad Italian guy, you know? Yeah, definitely. Yeah, seemed like a cool guy. Yes. So, Horror Babe of the Month? Horror Babe of the Month. Horror Babe of the Month. Who is it? We chose Emily Blunt. Yes. Uh, actually, you nominated her. And I nominated her. And I, you know what? With what I thought of it, because I'm like, you know what? Quiet Place 2 just came out. I don't think we've done her yet. So, I mean, don't get me wrong. I'm like, she's she's gorgeous. She's married to Jim Halpert, who, who wrote A Quiet Place. Yes. And when you nominated her, I said yes. And for our American listeners, I just want to point out that that is British for yes. <laughs> but I mean, she's she's been in. I mean, obviously, Quiet Place One, Quiet Place Two. She's been in. Uh, was it? She was in Wolfman, right? She was in the 2010 remake of The Wolfman. She started acting 20 years ago in a stage production of The Royal Family. She played the granddaughter Gwen. She's got a hmm. BAFTA award for Best Actress in a Supporting Role, a Golden Globe Award for Best Supporting Actress. 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 I can't even talk. Um, yeah, she was in Sunshine Cleaning, which is a, a funny drama about crime scene cleanup. And that's actually a real profession. And I've heard some horror stories yeah. from a guy that used to do it. She's a lot of stuff, man. Yeah, um, the Huntsman movies, Into the Woods. Um... Sicario. She played Mary Poppins in the newest Mary Poppins movie. My kids loved that. I loved her as Miss Piggy's receptionist in 2011's The Muppets. I still haven't even seen that. She was in Jungle Cruise, too, I think. Yeah, that, that's actually in the theater right now. You haven't seen the new Muppet movies? Watch them and thank me later. Are they that good? Yes. Do you like the Muppets? I'm, a, I'm like a Muppet purist. I still watch like the old Muppet show. Well, it's time... To start the music, and it's time to light the motherfucking lights. Watch it, dude. Watch it with the kids. You'll have a great time. Some, some great songs. We're getting way off track. So, <laughs> oh my. Yes, Emily. Beautiful, great actress. Cheers, Emily Blunt. We just did a five-minute Muppet rant. Do the Kermit voice. You got to do it. Dude, you got to say, you got to go, hey-ho, hey-ho, fans of the dead. Hi-ho, fans of the dead here. It's about time that we tell you that we're also on Instagram, Fans of the Dead Podcast. <laughs> I almost tore my laptop off the table with my headphones right there. <laughs> right, stop the voice. <laughs> but we are. We are on Instagram, Fans of the Dead Podcast, as you just heard, as Kermit told you. Uh, we're on Facebook, Fans of the Dead. We have a website, fansofthedead.com, where you can buy a t-shirt white or gray whichever you like check out our episodes our youtube videos animal tweet <laughs> <laughs> at fans of the dead one <laughs> oh man no, i haven't even smoked yet <laughs> oh that's gonna be the thing i can't do that anymore i'm gonna get like drug tested oh i just bought four packs of gummies <laughs> to eat them all you can reach out to us at fans of the dead podcast at gmail.com. Tell us who your favorite Muppet is. Is it Rolf? Is it Gonzo? It depends on the day for me because sometimes I like me some Waka Waka. I, I, I like Gonzo, but you know what? I'm, I do love me some Professor Honeydew. He's good too. Me, me. And the bet. Well, that's Beaker. I know, but he rolls with dude. But, I mean, also, I mean, we have the best drummer of all time in Animal. Yes. Um, but you can't forget Dr. Teeth in the Electric Mayhem, who he drums Greatest for. Greatest band ever. Definitely. Greatest band ever. Now, can you picture that? <laughs> I saw what you did there. That was good. You can see some of our videos on YouTube. Uh, fans of the Dead basically just go on YouTube and 
look up Fans of the Dead or Recipe for Disaster. We'll be there. Check us out on iTunes, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. And it would be awesome if you gave us a review. Five stars. I mean, that's as many stars as you can give. So, you know, yeah, basically begging at this point. Give us some likes. Subscribe. Give us a shout out. Because, yeah. Because you can. Why not? Oh, shit. Uh Uh-oh. I forgot to, to fucking... One of the best, the biggest feedbacks we have. If you check out Heavy Metal Over Six Pack's latest episode, there's some slam poetry going on. And they give us a shout out. So I'd like to shout them out. They said, a guest poet. I'm a poet now. Poet didn't even know it. I saw that. I saw that. I'm not going to say what I did, but it was pretty funny. And uh, I guess we can let the cat out of the bag now. Next month is going to be crazy. October. And uh, we're actually going to have the boys from Happy Metal Over Six Pack on. We're going to be having some fun, having some drinks, celebrating Halloween season. So grab a pumpkin, spiced, whatever. Come join us. I probably us. won't. I probably won't. Ne- neither will I. I'm not really a fan. Have fun. Be safe. Peace.